Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Today's episode of The Other Stories is The Slab, written by C.B. Oliver and narrated by Justin Fife. You believe in ghosts, Lenny? Watching the weeds and cracked pavement roll by us, Ricky's voice startles me out of my trance. Eh, What's that? I reply. Ghosts? Yeah. Do you think they're real? I can't say I've ever met any. I can't really say I have believe in them either. Why do you ask? Man, my nephew's been watching all these horror movies, right? Uh, one episode, they got this ghost that haunts an old mansion. And the next episode, they got another one that haunts the person who killed him. And I'm thinking to myself, what are the rules, you know? Do ghosts haunt people? Do they haunt places? What? Shit, I I don't know, man. I guess it depends on how they died. How so? Well, figure somebody dies of a heart attack at home, and they have some unfinished business, right? And suppose they haunt that house. But then, say, a guy gets murdered by somebody he ain't too happy about, then I guess he probably tried to haunt that dude that shot him. Hmm. So, uh, what if the kid runs out in front of a car... And the driver wasn't trying to hit him. What's the ghost kid haunt then? I don't know, man. Like I said, I don't believe in them. Ricky doesn't look too satisfied with my answer. 
I hear the gravel under the tires as the driver turns off the main road and stops in front of a chain-link gate. He hops out of the car and starts fumbling with the keys to the padlock. Looking past the fence, I see Ricky's pride and joy. The beginnings of some very swanky high-rise condos. The setting sun is glowing red through the skeletal framework. Construction is currently on hold due to a number of not-so-trivial issues on a global scale. The driver drags the gate open with a jingle and hops back in the car, puts it in drive, and we lurch across the lumps and potholes of the gravel construction zone before parking in front of what will one day be the main lobby. Here we are, Ricky says to nobody in particular. The driver opens the door for him. I figure I can get my own door as I step out of the vehicle. I watch him casually saunter through the doorless frame of the abandoned building like he owns the place. Make no mistake, he does own the place, but he acts that way everywhere he goes. Ricardo Gigolo, the oldest son of a very old Italian family that proudly shrouds itself in an air of money, exclusivity, and mafia aesthetic. Ricky himself embodies that last aspect a little too much for my taste from his suave, tough-guy mantra right down to his tailored pinstripe suits. If I had bumped into the guy on the street, I probably would have laughed in his smug face, and I likely would have found myself wearing concrete shoes. Thankfully, our working relationship was established in a more professional setting, and I had the brains to watch my mouth. I count myself lucky at that, because at the time, my father had just passed away, and I found myself the reluctant proprietor of Sullivan Structural Steels, my dad's failing steel business. It just so happened that Ricky was in the high-end real estate game and was looking for a partner who could get him materials in a timely fashion and at a good price. I hate to sound cliche, but he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. We shook hands and the rest is history. A very lucrative history, I might add. Walk with me, Lenny. I gave a quick jog to catch up with Ricky. Is the foreman here yet? I asked. I thought he would be meeting us for the walkthrough. He just texted me. Says he's running a little late, but he'll be here. No worries. We can start without him. It seems a little odd to start without the foreman, considering neither of us spent much time on site. But I don't think much of it. I watched Ricky smack a pack of smokes against his palm, pull one out and light it. He takes a long drag and offers me one. <laughs> no, nah, thanks, Ricky. The wife hates it when I come home smelling like smoke. He tucks the pack back inside his jacket. 85 floors, Lenny. Just shy of 2 million square feet. That's what she'll be when she's done. Do you know what I need to make that a working reality? An elevator? I jest. That was a mistake. Beams, Len. I need fucking beams. We are stalled at 35 floors with no progress in months. I need those materials you promised me, Len. Not tomorrow. Not when the market recovers. I need them now. Ricky runs a hand through his greased hair in an attempt to regain his composure. I see his hands shaking. Listen. 
Rick, pal, I'm sorry. You know, these supply chain issues, they're killing all of us right now. Supply chain issues? Supply chain issues? When I've had meetings with six different suppliers today. And do you know what three words they all said to me? Supply chain issues. Do you know what three words I do not want to hear coming out of your mouth right now? I open my mouth and he shoots me a look that shuts it before I can speak. Ricky leans in real close and wraps an arm around my shoulder, blowing smoke in my face as he speaks. Lenny, you're like a brother to me, you know that? You and Melissa are family, but you gotta understand I'm hemorrhaging cash every day that this place sits here empty. Hell, even if my books were legit, I don't think I could stomach the losses I'm incurring here daily. Now, I'm not an idiot. I know that intertwining businesses and family is taboo. It leads to strained relationships, you know? That's why I want to resolve this little matter quickly. But I need your help to do that. I need you to get me those materials, Lenny. Look, uh, Ricky, I'm, I'm trying my best here. I, I've been calling my contacts three times a day for updates, and it's always the same story. They're stuck out in the ocean on one of those container ships, and there's nothing I can do until they make port. Ricky finishes a cigarette in one long drag, drops the butt and grinds it into the concrete foundation with his foot. Wrong answer, he says, turning his back on me. The sound of a loud crack echoes over the concrete foundation. I wake up, what feels only like a second later, to my face impacting the concrete floor. I'm aware of the pain at the front and back of my head. Not in pain, mind you, just aware and oddly unbothered by it. Even the warm trickle running through my hair and pooling around me doesn't seem half as horrifying as it should. I feel dazed yet surprisingly lucid considering what I think just happened. I push myself up off the ground and curse at Ricky. What the fuck was that for? Except I'm still laying here and the words haven't left my mouth. Did they tie me up and gag me? Am I laying here with my head sideways, eyes open? I can still see Ricky. He's agitated, screaming at his driver. The big man is just standing there, taking it. A section of rebar in his hands and a fine splatter on his jacket. I told you to beat some sense into him, not smash his damn head in. Look at this mess. Call in the cleanup crew. We're going to be here all night. The driver walks out of sight to make a call. Ricky walks closer stoops down next to me. I'm sorry, you poor bastard. I hope you know this wasn't my intention, but sometimes that's the price of doing business, you know? Don't worry. I'll make sure to take real good care of Melissa. He runs his fingers over my eyelids and forces them shut. I try to open them, try to make a fist and punch him in his smug face. I can't move. I can't see. You son of a bitch! Don't you dare touch her! I try to scream. No words come out, not even a groan. My mouth won't move. Worse, 
I'm not breathing. Am I in a coma? Am I paralyzed? Am I dead? No, I can't be dead. If I was dead, I'd be a ghost, right? Or maybe I wouldn't be anything. I shouldn't be here, that's for sure. I'm just stuck here, listening to what's going on around me. No, that's not how this is supposed to work. There must be something else going on. I, I can't be dead. I hear Ricky walk away, and it gets real quiet for a while. I see the last light of sunrise fade through my closed eyelids, and I'm vaguely aware of the concrete beneath me growing cold, my body's heat dissipating into it. A while later, I hear a vehicle drive up the gravel, maybe two of them. I hear doors slide open. I guess they're vans. I hear footsteps approaching, followed by whistles and curses of disbelief. The concrete saws and jackhammers breaking up the foundation. I feel my body being drugged, heavy and limp across the foundation. I feel the rough concrete snagging at my clothes, scuffing my skin. I feel the dull thud of impact as I've dropped in the hole. I hear Ricky's footsteps as he approaches. Rest in peace, Lenny. Go to hell, you bastard. I try to yell one last time. Still, no words come out. I feel myself being encased in concrete. To a dirge of pressure washes and scrub brushes. The vicious mixture slowly surrounds me. It fills my nose, my ears, my mouth. I guess I am dead. What the fuck? Days pass, months, years. It's hard to tell. I rage through myself in my concrete tomb. I cry, I plead, I lose my mind and then do it all over again. When will this end? I feel the heat of the curing concrete burning my rotting flesh. I feel my chest cavity fill and release the gases of decomposition. I feel my viscera pool and soak into the pores of my surrounding concrete. I feel my bones come to rest against this cold, hard slab. I feel myself becoming part of this horrible place. It started small, with muffled sounds. A piece of trash blowing across the foundation. A bird pecking at the ground. Slowly, the sounds grew clear. This great concrete slab became my eardrum. I can't see, I can't speak, but I can hear. I hear canine units scour the site and I beg them to find me. I hear Ricky's cocky stroll while he barks orders and I curse him. I hear him shake his hands with my replacement and pity the poor idiot. I hear the construction crews return to work and with them comes the hammering cacophony of tools and machines. I feel the weight upon the foundation mount as the building grows taller. I find myself able to hear everything, even on the highest floors, through the vibration of the beams and the echoes in the air ducts. I hear it all. I hear the sounds of the families moving in. I hear TV shows and music, phone calls and gossip. I hear fights and lovemaking, infidelity and things darker still. I hear her. At first, I thought I was hallucinating, 
Maybe I had completely lost it, but no, it was her, all right. Melissa, the love of my life. Ricky kept his promise to take care of her. He sat her up in one of the nicest condos in the building with a nice view of the river. I listened to her come and go, cook and clean and eat and sleep. I listened to her laugh at her favorite shows. I listened to her weep, usually for me. It's the first time I've felt any sort of comfort in a long time. I tried to cry out to her, Mel, I'm here, baby. Once I actually thought she heard me, and for a brief moment I think if this is how I have to spend all of eternity, I might be okay. Then I hear him. I hear Ricky make his way to Mel's place. I hear him comfort her with his lies. I hear them lay together, and the sound she makes. I hear Mel cry out when her water breaks. I hear the cries of the first child. His first steps, his first words. And I think to myself, is this hell? No, not even the devil would be this cruel. What more can I do? I wait here, and I listen, trapped in the slab, and I hope for release, death, revenge, anything. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. The Slab was written by C.B. Oliver, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes and muted by Kai Engel and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading, and of course to Ben Errington for shooting down the legions of rabid boredom baboons with his double-barreled social media shotgun. C.B. Oliver is a full-time engineer and part-time writer. They're not currently active on Twitter, but they said you can contact them at cboliver93 at gmail.com. Justin Fife is a voice actor and podcaster and can be followed on Twitter at at justinbfife. Tiva Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. Until next time. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.